Welcome to More of That Presents Discography, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Okay, welcome back. Are you boys hungry? Mm. I, I could eat. What's what's the rest of this going to be? I could I, eat. I, could I eat. like to know what it's going to be first before I commit. Well, too bad. Welcome to Discographology, the show where I just made a meal for all four of us to choke on. <laughs> oh, God. Delicious. I'm excited. So we are on, <laughs> we're on the back end of our Fiona Apple journey right now. And getting ready to do her fourth album, The Idler Wheel. Oh my god, my cat won't shut up. <laughs> Put the cat um, on the mic. The cat is always on the damn mic. What's the full name also, of I'll, the album? I'm gonna okay, this is off the dome. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, but whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. Yeah. Did I get that right? I think you Nicely did. Done. Okay. It's way easier than the Win the Pawn title. Yeah, well, yeah, to, it's shorter. <laughs> so sure. she has notoriously long breaks between albums. So we're going to talk about notable breaks between albums. But before we get to that, let's go around the horn as usual and talk about what's been up in our lives. Uh, so I have... I decided to go ahead this time. I'm going to run down purchases. I think last couple of times I've, I've talked about things I'm listening to on Spotify, but I've bought quite a bit lately. So first off, and, and I think you guys are familiar with most of it, but first off, I, I did an Amazon order because I want to support Jeff Bezos's space uh, yes. hobby. Uh, and and I picked <laughs> up uh, two records that, that route, uh, Foo Fighters self-titled album. Um, which I already had on CD, but I picked that up on vinyl because it hmm. was pretty cheap That's on a good there. Pickup. It is a good. Although they really, uh, man, front load that one because it's like right off the bat, they hit you with, uh, you know, I'll stick around, big me. This is a is it, this is a call. Is that the other one? Yep. All the big hits are right up top. So Great I picked album. that up. It's a good album. I was I put it on the other day and listened to that. Uh, I also picked up a best of of a band that I'm not a huge fan of, but I'm a big enough fan that a best of is like right where I should be, which is the best of Spoon, um, the indie rock band of of years gone by. And I've never been enough of a Spoon oh. fan to have albums, but a best of is is perfect for me because it has basically the songs I know <laughs> by them. You've become a dad, a spoon dad. Spoon dad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess you are literally a dad. But. It's it's a good purchase. It was pretty affordable. I mean, it was again fairly cheap, and it had several songs I know. Uh, Turn my camera on. Um, Way we get by. Some others. Underdog. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got those two, three Amazons. Then I happened to be at a local thrift shop, and I. At this one particular local thrift shop that I never have much success at, went in there and there were just stacks of records there. Somebody had clearly dropped off. And so, again, not having high hopes, I flipped through a few and saw Van Morrison blow in your mind. And I was like, okay, <laughs> might be some good stuff in here. It's not all Ann Murray. And uh, 
Various Gospel. So picked that up, got Van Morrison's first album, Blow In Your Mind. Then one that's not as rare, but Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, because uh, I'm a sucker for Jim Steinman sometimes. Both guys that have become reactionary assholes. I know, I know, they're both, you know... I'm not saying hey, the, Van, the, that the records are bad. I'm just saying Van Morrison gets Jim Steinman at least. Yeah, Jim Steinman. Right, uh, right, 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 right. Uh the other one though that I pulled out of that stack that I was probably the happiest about and is not someone who is canceled necessarily is Kate Bush, <laughs> uh Hounds of Love. Yes, uh, she can never be canceled. Because that is one that I've been on yeah. the lookout for for a long time. Never expected to see it at a thrift shop of all places, but is is running up that hill on that one? Oh is yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. the song Hounds of Love, the song Cloud Busting, Cloud Busting or Cloud Bursting? I it also has. I hope it's busting. It also has within it an insert that I need to take a picture of and, and, and send it to everybody or put it on our Discord, uh, which oh, yeah. is it has a order form for Kate Bush sweatshirts from Ooh. the 80s from oh, when it came out. That is <laughs> Oh my God, I want one. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Um, okay, and then to wrap up, I also at a thrift shop the other day found the Happy Mondays album Pills, Thrills, and Belly Aches on CD, which I picked up uh, some Mad Chester. Uh, and then as Blake is aware and everybody, cause I texted him, Billie Eilish's new album, happier than ever Ooh. got that one on vinyl mm-hmm. and the same trip, Andrew Bird's armchair apocrypha on CD and the Billy I've listened to a little bit, texted Blake about it. Uh, haven't quite your, your kids soaked like in it? it enough. Yeah. I, Nora, I, I got it, you know, cause I like listening to it with Nora and she, she's into it. Um, she already knew a few songs on there. Watch out for those explicit ones. Eh, you know, there's worse things you could listen to. <laughs> jo- yeah. Josh doesn't care. I do and I don't. It depends how explicit. But that's what I've been listening to uh, and picking up. Matt, you uh, actually, Matt, I know you have picked up something because I was with you when you picked up this thing. Yes, that that's true. Uh, you and I made a trip to Stick It, and uh, I found uh, Tears for Fears, uh, songs from the big chair, which, if oh, I'm not mistaken, hell yeah, ha- had you just recently picked that up, Blake, or did somebody else get yeah, that? Yeah, Jess recently? and I got that. We 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 talked about it on a on a on an episode a while back. That, yeah. That's what I thought. I f- featured previously on, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. So I've been enjoying that, and uh, I have also uh, really been digging. Just just actually picked it up today, or started listening. Uh, Picked up those uh, those ones and zeros, as they say, but uh, local group Sister City uh, put out an EP, um, I guess it was week a week or 10 days ago as of our recording into end of july but yeah. uh, really really been been blown away uh crimson um is a really good one uh, on there so i would highly recommend checking out that uh sister city ep so i've been listening to uh i'm i'm getting into my i think this is because of the Christabel purchase i've kind of gotten into my annual cure mode for the summer happens every summer uh, but i've been listening to yeah uh i don't know there's probably better seasons suited for it but for some reason <laughs> i get i get the summertime i think because i really don't like the heat so i i'm like i'm gonna stay inside and listen to the cure uh <laughs> but i've been listening to their live in orange uh it's i think it was recorded in 1986 but maybe released in 87 but it's uh, performed out in the French countryside at the Theater Antique d'Orange. Uh, it's it looks like a magical 
kingdom or something. It looks like this big theater, like this stone. It's crazy. But uh, it has a great set list, and I think it's from the Head on the Door era, so I don't think they had released Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me yet. It's a good era. Yeah. So there's a lot of good tracks on there. I've been listening to 2017's Depeche Mode Spirit album. Hmm. Um, I think it's a cool album. It's kind of political. I've I listened to it when I bought it uh, a couple times, and then I haven't gone back to it until now and i think it's worth a listen uh i don't think any you know depeche mode is bad by any means they can do no wrong in my book uh, <laughs> it's kind of an album of the times it's modern and relevant so i i'd say it's worth a spin and then i think i kind of got into we had talked about muse a little bit and so yeah. i kind of made a ended up making a playlist of muse songs that i i liked and wanted to kind of revisit so that's been fun i've i've really enjoyed that band and Miss that band. They're just, uh, I wish I had more of them on vinyl. I just have Absolution and Black Holes and Revelations. Uh, so I need to pick up Origin of Symmetry and Showbiz. The, which they just did a reissue of Origin of Symmetry. They right? did. And I almost yeah. bought it. I think it was like, I don't know, 30 bucks or 40 bucks or something. And I almost thousand dollars. <laughs> I just was like, uh, I'll get it sometime. But uh, And then I've been going back kind of just thinking about the roots of uh the music that i listened to when i was in i kind of feel like the formative years of of one where they start getting into music at least for me was it in middle school i feel like that's a a, a, a great time for people to start getting into music at that age and that kind of demographic yeah. Agree, uh yeah. i've been trying to listen go back and think about my roots which some would say are in it could be embarrassing or in you know, not very good, but I've been really kind of analyzing that and looking into it a little bit further and kind of getting meta with it a little bit. So I've been thinking about writing up a, some kind of little monologue piece, maybe serve as a bonus episode at some point, but we'll see. Uh, just kind of going back and doing some investigative work into my, into my roots and the formative years. In any what bands were some of the bands? Mind? Yeah. I was going to say, what are the bands? If you don't <laughs> mind, uh, at least, well, you know, that's, Are you saving that for the, well, it's a, I feel like it's, it's a genre that's looked down upon and it's, it's kind of condescended to and it, yes, it is, it is (laughs) new metal. Um, and I think that it's it's coming back around. So, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's coming back around, (laughs) But I think res- respect for it in some ways is coming. Reevaluation of some artists. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, some artists yeah. are starting to be. And I think I'm also kind of looking into like more into like why I like it or why I uh, was drawn to it. I think it was just unfortunately, maybe for me, that's what I was into at that time. And the, those formative years are really like important years. And, and maybe I just listened to just a. Uh, a whole genre that maybe did me some good or maybe it really did me some bad. I don't know, uh, but I'm looking into it. Have you watched cool. the Woodstock documentary? Did... <laughs> uh, yeah. I have watched that. Uh, is this a new one? It's yeah. the one that HBO it's, it's on Netflix. Just, it's HBO. Er, 
Oh, it's HBO. Yeah. yeah. Logan, you got to watch it. Woodstock 99. It's, it's good. You'd like it. And, and I, I will say that on the, on talking about the reevaluation of new metal. Yeah. Limp Biscuit gets brought up in that. I actually felt like they got kind of a fair shake in the documentary more so than maybe. Really? Uh, yeah, I really think they do. I think I don't want to spoil anything, but I don't know how everybody else felt, but I felt like you come out of it going like they certainly didn't help, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Them yeah, that caused it. It was. A, I don't want to spoil storm. a lot there, but you should. But uh, also, then Limp Bizkit just played Lollapalooza and kind of got some press <laughs> from that. <laughs> so I, I mean, watched that performance. Yeah. So there's been a little bit of uh, I, I don't know, reevaluation, uh, re people talking at least about that era of music. Fred again. Durst in a baffling wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's bald, I've, man. <laughs> I've had some conversations with some people about that and it's, uh, it, I don't know that we have definitely differing opinions. Um, and it comes down to a subjectivity of, is this a good band or a bad band or, or is there no such thing as a good band or a bad band? And it's all subjective and it depends on what you like. Uh, so that's kind of the argument we had. Um, so I don't yeah. really know where I stand on that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was well, interesting, though. Look forward to uh, your your piece. Uh, yeah, your I don't know what you'll call yeah. it, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, Blake, what have you been I, listening to, purchasing, or did you have another thought there? Sorry, I, I came away from that documentary thinking. Oh, I didn't know Jonathan Davis was a a nice guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. Corn comes Reasonable. off perfectly. Yeah, in the documentary, uh, even though he does talk about like almost dying of heat exhaustion at that. Show. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and but, I mean, how could you not? Like, of course, you would almost die of heat exhaustion. It was a thousand degrees, and he was yeah, wearing was, all black leather. <laughs> yeah, and he was going absolutely ham on stage. Yeah. <laughs> That many people. And he had an Adidas kilt, too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that um, live on TV and just like, <laughs> holy shit. I mean, the, the most mind-blowing <laughs> fact crazy that shit. the documentary discusses is that there were only three female artists on the entire bill. Oh, my God. Like, and they spread <laughs> it out over three days. It is, it's, it's a little That's bit indicative crazy. of part One of the problem. Day. That that was yeah. a little yeah. male uh, testosterone-centric. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, that doesn't help anything, and it's on a giant pavement, you know, piece of oh, a paved property. Uh, it's, air, it's all go stand on hot rocks, <laughs> bunch of yeah. dudes standing on hot rocks. It, yeah, it it seemed nightmarish, but yeah, watch it for yourselves. Anyway. Um, as, as far as stuff I've gotten and my wife's gotten, so uh, I also got the Billy sophomore album, and uh, because because now I rely on mail order, I get things way after everybody else does. Um, so I literally just got mine today, um, and had to sit here and sulk because Josh had his and I didn't. I got the um, brick and mortar, baby, brick and mortar. I well, uh, did you get the golden yellow? No, limited edition. Well, I did. Suck um, on that. I have no. I don't think they even. I don't think they even said how many of them they're pressing. I have no idea if it's rare or not, but I'm, I'm glad I got it. Um, some things that Jessica got that I thought were were cool really recently. Uh, that that Lucy Dacus uh, album called Home Video. Mm-hmm. Um, she also got the Japanese Breakfast. Did she get that on uh, vinyl, by the way? The new Japanese. Yeah, yeah these these are all vinyl that I'm talking about here. Did she get it colored? Is it colored vinyl? I I haven't looked at it yet. I I don't know. 
It's like out of stock um, everywhere. That's why I'm asking. Oh, I should. Oh, I'll check later. Yeah. If I had it here, I would. But yeah, I think it's called Jubilee, and I've I've heard some of it, and I I really liked what I heard. I I need to listen to the rest. Um, did you guys talk about getting your delast in the comatorium last episode? Probably. Uh, I think so. Uh, ours somewhere in between there. Ours finally showed up, so <laughs> we have that too now. The vinyl me please one. I should I should say. Excellent. How um, how it sound? I. So shame on me. I still haven't fully inspected it. Um, only Jessica's listened to some of it. I need to kind of go through it and see if it's <laughs> one of the bad ones and I guess determine. I don't know if it's too late to to make a claim and get a, a replacement. I don't think so. I, I just did recently and they're they're sending mm. me a new one. How bad? Like how bad? What was yours? Was it just really a lot, a lot of surface noise? Yeah, and stuff? yeah. I recorded a little video of it. It wasn't skips. It was just like really staticky surface noise, and I, you know, mm. brushed it and everything, and it just was loud. So, uh, yeah, they're gonna not, send me a new one. Not to not to jump ahead, but um, Jessica's copy of the Idler Wheel that she got in 2012 when it came out uh, has a, has a lot of noise on it. <laughs> And a few like bumpy spots, but underneath Ooh. that, it sounds really good. That's a quiet album too. I mean, as mm. we will discuss. <laughs> yeah. So the the noise is really the yeah the the noise signal to noise ratio is is a bit of a problem, but but still it, it comes through. Um. So I have a funny vinyl gift story. It's actually Jessica's story that I'm stealing. Everything everything in this pregame is going to be stolen from Jessica. So, uh, if you'd like to hear it, uh. Jessica and her uh, good online friend, Katie, um, decided to both gift each other a copy of um, Ace of Base, The Sign, because I guess there's like some new pressing of it. Uh-huh. I don't... <laughs> and this was a formative album for for me, too. Um, it's a good album. As a kid. So she and Katie gifted each other The Sign, both ordered it and had it sent to each other. Um, and what showed up to our house here is, um, actually I had no freaking idea what this is. I have to look, not the sign It is from Amazon, by the way. So, you know, it's a roll of the dice. The sign didn't come to our house. Something called his golden messenger. Oh yeah. I've heard of them. It's like a country. They're kind of alt country. Okay. Well, it's a man stand. It's a man standing in what looks like a wheat field wearing a fedora. So (laughs) that's all country for you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so, um, I think it was the other day, Katie messaged Jessica and was like, it came. Thank you so much. I love it. Jessica gets her, uh, incorrect vinyl today and was like, oh shit, they sent me the wrong thing. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to get a hold of them and swap it out. And then Katie messages back and says, uh, Jessica, I have something to tell you. <laughs> and uh, sends her a picture of her, a selfie of her looking sad, also holding the same Kiss Golden <laughs> Messenger vinyl. <laughs> so they were both sent the wrong, oh, no. the same wrong thing. Mm. And Katie is so nice that she lied about it to, <laughs> to, sound oh. like, um, to sound like the gift went over really well. But I don't know. I guess they have to return them now. Maybe but. she really likes his golden me- messenger. I don't know. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, the gift of the Magi. Yeah, it's like an O. Henry story. (laughs) It's exactly, exactly like an O. Henry story in every way. Hey, Blake, Um, can I tell you a fact real quick? Or or did you have any other purchases to discuss? No, I I, I didn't at all. Let's hear that fact. The fact is, did you know the longest gestation period for any living creature is the African elephant who is pregnant for 645 days before giving birth? Huh. Do you know why I told well, you that fact? I was going to say that's nothing compared to the gestation period between Gene Simmons solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, and you're, I'm, you're on the right track for sure. I, I'm guessing it's because we're talking about really long breaks between output of musical artists. That's right. When it takes a long time for something that you got to gestate for longer Sometimes than the African you got to sit on it. Yeah. Like a like an egg, um, <laughs> and just let it form for a really long time. And sometimes it's like less than a year, and sometimes it's thirty years. You want to know? Uh, can I tell you another fact? The Sonics have the record for the longest break between albums. They recorded okay. their fourth album, third album in nineteen sixty seven, and their fourth album in twenty fifteen. Forty eight years. Well, I'll be. That. I hope I, I hope no one chose the Sonics, by the way, as their band to discuss today. <laughs> no, Dang it, I didn't. Was is that is that your choice or that is not my choice? I just record? I just pulled some facts to drop there. Did they so. have the same the same members like lit, still that. alive? That that matters to me. That that yeah, kind of matters. Kind of does. I, I actually I had I had some trouble uh, with with this. Uh, um, and one of the things that I did was just kind of, you know, saw, looked for a, a Wikipedia list of long gaps between albums. And, you know, there, there were several folks that I recognized. But, yeah, I also wondered, uh, well, are, are they counting yeah. same lineup or, you know, at least minimal lineup changes? Because, like, you know, X-Ray Specs was on there. And uh, I think Foreigner maybe ha- had a big gap. Or, uh, Whitesnake <laughs> also. So there, yeah. But it, I think it matters if... Um, if if it's the same it's, folks, it, yeah, it's kind of like Chinese democracy. Does it really count? <laughs> and if someone shows that, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so my choice for favorite album after a long break is 2011's "The Harrow and the Harvest" by Gillian Welch. Mm. So Gillian Welch is is really actually a two person folk country duo with Gillian Welch and then her partner David Rawlings uh, being a big part of that, playing guitar, co-songwriting, co-singing, all that stuff. So this album came out uh, in 2011. It was their fifth album. It had been eight years since their previous album. And I looked it up and she said it took so long because they were having writer's block. Just nothing they wrote satisfied them. They would write songs, go to record an album, and just find it didn't really work or they didn't think any of the songs were that good. And so it wasn't until 2011 they felt they actually had a good collection. And the name of the album, The Harrow and the Harvest, is apparently a reference to that period of, you know, that dry spell of not writing much. Um, And the reason I chose this one... So for me, I got into Gillian Welch around the time her fourth album came out in 2003. And I liked some songs on it, but I went back, picked up some of her previous albums and really fell in love with her 2001 album, Time the Revelator. 
and really enjoyed that and was like, oh man, I can't wait for her to have another album, you know, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if anybody else has this experience with their long albums, but it's like, you get really into an artist and you're like, yeah. awesome, I, I love this artist, I can't wait to see what they put out, and then you just sort of wait and wait and wait and wait and nothing's coming out. Um, I should mention technically in 2009, so six years after the third album uh, or after her fourth album. And the one that I got into, uh, in 2009, there was an album by David Rawlings that came out. So one half of this group mm -hmm. and Jillian Welch is on it and it has some good stuff. It has covers of bright eyes method acting, which mashes up with Neil Young's Cortez, the killer on there, which is cool. Uh, cover of a song David Rawlings co-wrote, uh, with Ryan Adams called to be young. Mm. But it didn't really scratch the same itch. And then in 2011, Heroin the Harvest came out. I was super pumped, got it. And it's, I would say, her best album after Time the Revelator. It's really good. Um, songs like The Way It Will Be, Hard Times, The Way It Goes, really good. Strongest writing I think she had done since Time the Revelator. And, uh, but I realized something when I came up with this one. It's been 10 years since that album came out <laughs> and she hasn't released anything. Yeah. So, uh, so if uh, she were to release something right now, it'd be like, hey, it's another album. She has put out a covers album since then and some rarities collections, uh, but that's about it. So who knows? Maybe her next studio album will be you know, awesome. And it'll be a longer break technically. So that's my it could choice. Be a Fiona Apple situation. It's true. 2011's Hero and the Harvest. Uh, Matt, what about nice. you? What's your favorite album after a long break? Uh, well, just r real quick on, on, uh, oh, yeah, Jillian yeah. Welch. Uh, it, it's interesting that, that you, you picked her because, uh, and I think I sent you guys an article on, on this, but it's it's very recently, yes. just within the past week or so, uh, that mm. time the Revelator turned uh, was it twenty twenty yeah twenty yep. twenty years ago. So, um, but uh, as I mentioned, I I really had to kind of think on this, and and nothing nothing was coming to mind, um, you know. Other than Chinese democracy, that's kind of the the, the, the <laughs> and we know you're a big Guns and Roses Damn fan, it. so <laughs> I, mean, I, you know. I do like Guns and Roses, but but not not enough to be you know uh, waiting with with bated breath for for um, <laughs> Chinese democracy. But really thinking, you know, ha having a tough time, and then the other night it, it just hit me out of the blue. Uh, there's an artist who, who I love who was in a was in a, a very popular band and then had a very successful solo career and then just kind of you know didn't make re didn't make uh, a record for you know four or five years five or six years rather and and then came back with kind of a a solo career defining or 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 in piece uh, record to a career that you know ended tragically and that's that's John Lennon um, in mm. 1974, mm. Uh, he released Walls and Bridges, uh, which was his, uh, in part, he, he was he was wrapped up in, in like a contract dispute uh, with the, the Come Together lawsuit, and um, th there was, uh, he had to release some songs in a uh, publisher's hands to kind of, you know, provide some recompense for that. So there was, there was a couple of those songs on Walls and Bridges, and then in 1975, he released Rock and Roll, which was uh, just a bunch of rock and roll covers. Uh, Stand by means on that. <laughs> terrible, terrible album. <laughs> Damn that noise. <laughs> J J Josh has thoughts on. Let's on make rock a flushing. Do we have a flushing uh, noise? <laughs> I'm gonna yeah do a morning <laughs> zoo. Uh, but then um, 
and then John, uh, you know, spent time uh, raising Sean uh, and and really was kind of out of the limelight. And then in 1980, he returned to the studio um, in part uh, because he'd heard a recent um, Paul McCartney track and uh, said, uh, quote, it was a good good bit of work and um, recorded double fantasy. That's a great impression. That's a great impression right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting uh, waiting by the phone for the uh, the call from the Liverpool <laughs> legends. That's right, <laughs> Um But uh, I I like I I think Double Fantasy is it's kind of a special album because it was released um, just looks like about three weeks before John Lennon w- was murdered, and um, you know it, it's therefore it's an album that that's kind of tied to to that event and and that memory. But but it's really it's really an interesting and, and beautiful piece. It's a kind of a shared album with, uh, with Yoko and, and they kind of, they alternate songs. And I, I even like some of the, some of the Yoko so- songs on it. You know, I can, it's definitely not, you know, everybody's cup of tea and, and it's very much an album that sounds like it was made in 1980, but, uh, just like starting over, um, I'm, I'm losing you was good. Uh, and watching the wheels, you know, a lot of my favorite John Lennon solo, uh, songs are on, uh, Double Fantasy, which was the uh, the highly anticipated return of, of John Lennon. That's a great choice, and I want to point something out. Uh, last pregame, we talked about alternate albums. Was that correct? Was that last pregame? Yes, yes. you're totally and right. And I almost chose something related to this. Did you know, Matt, that some of those songs of Double Fantasy, John Lennon originally recorded with Cheap Trick as yes. the backup band? Yeah, uh-huh. and there was going to be like a cheap trick backup band version of that album that never came out. That's bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, got us off track I, slightly. I did Beatles. Okay. <laughs> it's a good album, though. It's a great album. Watching the Wheels, another great one on there. Did you say that? It's a good one. Logan, what's your choice? Long album, or long album. Break stuff. I'm calling this break stuff now. Break <laughs> stuff. Well, th- uh, Favorite be album a, after a long break. That'll be a, a pack of chainsaw. It'll be appropriate. So, uh... <laughs> I was kind of thinking around of, you know, what I wanted to pick. And one of the obvious ones to me was one that we actually covered uh, was at right. at the drive-ins seven, ah. uh, 17 yeah. years between <laughs> the reunion album. Yeah. But I decided to kind of nix that because they broke up and, and it was different members and just kind of a different thing. Uh, then Kraftwerk's Tour de France. uh they, uh, I think that was like 12 years. So it was like from 2000, I think the, they released an album in 1991 and then it wasn't until 2003 that they released that. So that one was one I was kind of thinking about. And then I got to thinking about like, well, what are, what are ones that I'm waiting on right now that are still in the, <laughs> the wait? And then I thought about the Cure's supposed final album, which they've been saying that for years and years and years. Hmm. Uh, I'm anticipating that it's been about 13 plus years, uh, since, since the last one, but my pick is ultimately, I went with tools, fear inoculum, uh, which was released in 2019 and it was 13 years. Uh, and it was one of my most anticipated and longest waits for an album. And I tried to listen to this without the lenses of it being 13 years uh i admit that i was really anticipating this one but i tried to keep my expectations pretty tempered uh but to my surprise i i feel like there's not really a bad track on this album it's dense 
but smooth and crisp, but it's also kind of open. Think think kind of big and then think bigger. <laughs> Songs mm-hmm. about maintaining the warrior within or the deepest depths below or weathering the storm, exhaling contagions and fear, silencing loud negative voices, remembering, remembering that we all come from the same spark and then one wild journey through Danny's percussive chocolate chip trip. <laughs> uh, people seem very polarized on this band and I... You know, either you like them or you don't. I get it. Uh, I read all these stories on Reddit and YouTube comments about like family members that were big fans but didn't live long enough to hear the album come out. And mm. those were kind of sad accounts to hear. Um, others seem to think Tool are pretentious or condescending and up their own ass. Um, I choose to see them as more of a progressive, forward-thinking prog rock band with amazing musicians that nail their craft. Uh, and all I know is that I've been a fan since 96 and the first time I listened to fear inoculum, I played it on my best speakers cranked in full attention and it rocked my brain to the core. It's amazing. Uh, I did a, I did take an intermission just to process everything I'd heard that far, but, uh, the deluxe packaging is also a masterpiece to behold, uh, with a built-in screen and tool animation loop with sound. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Production-wise, though, this album sounds stellar. It's one of the best-sounding albums I've heard in a while. And if you're on the fence about it, I highly suggest the song Numa. And uh, it's one of Tool's greats, for sure. It has to be. Uh, But yeah, that's my pick. Nice. I just keep thinking, when you're talking about it blowing your mind, of that uh, YouTube meme from Arthur where it's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. hey, what are you listening to? And then he puts the headphones in and starts floating <laughs> through space, you know, yeah. Blinky does. <laughs> yeah. I love those. That's Logan just listening to Tool Wait. floating. In <laughs> there's the King of the Hill one. Oh, the, yeah. There's yeah. a King of the Hill one with Tool also. Yeah. Nice. It's Lateralis. Um, okay. So mine, um, it's not my favorite um, per se because I have to talk about things other than Nine Inch Nails in my life. Um <laughs> But it, it, so I, I went a little bit out of my wheelhouse, out of my comfort zone, just a little bit. S- something I was less familiar with, but a really fascinating, really long gap. I'm, this might be the longest of the four of us. Um, so my bloody Valentine mm-hmm. oh. had a 22 year gap between their LPs Loveless in 1991 and and MBV in 2013, which was an incredible year for albums. Um, look into it. <laughs> but so there was, it is kind of cheating because there was a breakup of the band in there in the 90s, obviously. But what's amazing to me is that the four members that did Loveless, all four returned uh, to do MBV. And when you listen to the two back to back, it almost kind of sounds like time hasn't passed (laughs) they're kind of doing the same stuff if you know the stuff that my bloody valentine does which is create a wall of of fuzz guitar that's nearly impenetrable and just be really dreamy it's good stuff (laughs) yeah and it it sounds good but it also sounds like no time has passed or there's in that 22 years or it, it there's a timeless quality maybe I was going to say something about loveless, more like timeless. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, that's going to be their retrospective box set. Timeless, like for when we're old. (laughs) AARP presents. (laughs) My my bloody Valentine. 
place the standards. I'd really like Loveless on vinyl. Uh, I have it. I would too. Have it on CD. I think. Has there been a really good pressing of it, or is it like one of those things where you can I, get I, like a kind of cheaper pressing that's not great? Know. You know. What's the I have no. What's clue. the drum situation on that? Because I I love Loveless, obviously, but I I always wished that they had uh, that they had a uh, a drummer because kind of the one thing is uh, you can kind of really hear the the hand of of the drum machine on Loveless. Is it still kind of those sterile drums or? Uh, I, I, I guess it if it's it, pretty similar. It sounds on MBV. Okay, here, here's where my knowledge is limited. It sounds like some um, organic drums to me. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be called out here, but maybe it's a combination. The thing about both of the albums is the drums are so buried <laughs> beneath <laughs> the layer the layers of of, of shoegaze guitar that it it's just it's barely there. It's just, it's just there enough that you kind of get the impression of, of a beat. So it, it, uh, I hate to say it almost barely matters if it's a drum machine or or a live drummer, but it it, it may be a combination. I'd say it sounds more live on, on MBV, but there's a lot of similarity there. Um, so yeah, it's just a wild discography to have only three proper LPs. Um, isn't anything in 1988. I think I'm, getting this right then loveless 91 and then 22 years later mbv and we're still waiting i guess been eight years now since mbv i think is it vinylly please or somebody was gonna do a new mbv maybe that's already out a new pressing Hmm. sounds like something they would do mbv vmp (laughs) they probably already yeah they probably already did it and we missed it but um nice yeah uh uh oh and uh Kevin Shields has said apparently writing began for MBV sometime circa 1996, <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's how long this this album was was gestating. In, in case you're wondering, so famous uh, meticulous studio uh, man Kevin Shields. That it make it makes sense that they'd take take a long time. I right. I know there's a story out of the Loveless sessions where they they spent like a week on a, on a tambourine part. Just get, <laughs> and that that might be apocryphal or or, or exaggerated. I, I wonder but. if also though if you're like that into that kind of studio thing at that time now with like the technology you can have at home. Can you imagine the amount of tinkering <laughs> that probably goes on? Like he's you know spending a week on a tambourine. He's probably spending months on a tambourine now. He's like I got all the time in the world. Can do it right here at my house. I'm just imagining now him being like Mike Love and like the tambourine's not right. I did, I I am not leaving. We're not leaving here until the tambourine is right. There's and not to spoil this, but there's a lyric coming up on the album we're going to do next or not a not a lyric, it's a thing from an interview that Josh gave oh, me. Oh yeah. And I wanted to scream, what does it mean? Anyway, we'll Yeah, you're asking later. me. I was like, I don't know. This is a thing she well, said. You, well, speaking you of the what uh what album are we we going to discuss next week then? Next, The Idler Wheel is why The Idler Wheel is wiser blah blah blah. Fiona Apple's fourth record after a 7-year break between that and Extraordinary Machine. So, of course, her breaks just get longer and longer each time. Was it worth the wait? I guess you'll have to uh, listen and see. And we're going to release this episode in six years. So see everybody then. (laughs) We should do longer and longer breaks between (laughs) podcasts. Each one is longer than the last. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Adios. 
And I could liken you to a chemical The way you made me compound to compound But I'm a chemical to inevitable You and me wouldn't mix And I could liken you to a lot of things But I always come around Cause in the end, I'm a sensible girl I know the fiction of the fix But you were such a super guy Till the second you get away from me World and the bolt of electricity, but we can still support each other. All we gotta do is avoid each other. Nothing wrong when a song ends in the minor key. A U X Ox Audio.